Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Welcome into College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. Brentley holding down the fort in Florida. I'm up at Whistling Straits, but it's good to have the early shift because that means we can connect Brentley later on a Wednesday to talk a little college golf. We are one for one, Burko, and doing this every week. So it's only going to get easier for you. Here. Can't, There's not a rider cup yeah, you, every week. Yeah, you can't start a streak without the first, and we're going to dive deep into the uh, – Fighting Illini invite at Olympia Fields. Uh, we were right on some things. We were wrong on some others. We'll take a look at the updated Velocity Global PGA Tour U ranking sub movement into the top five. But you had the chance earlier today to spend some time with Austin Greaser from North Carolina, winning an individual title at Olympia Fields, helping the Tar Heels win. And it was a conversation that touched on just about everything. All right, I'm joined by North Carolina junior Austin Greaser, uh, recent runner-up at the USAM, and even more recent winner of the Olympia Fields Fighting Illini Invitational, one of the top events of the fall. Austin, thanks for jumping on for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. So first off, how, how tough is Olympia Fields? I, I know it's hosted majors. It's hosted a U.S. amateur Um scores were not low by any stretch of the imagination what about the course just makes it one of the more difficult ones that you probably face year in and year out yeah um I think it's a it's a very tough course and like you said I think if you look even look at like the BMW championship and stuff like that scores are never uh taken very low there I think one of the big reasons is the greens um how firm they can get them how fast and just how uh sloped all the greens are they can put some uh, pins in some pretty pretty dirty spots so it's hard to get after them I think that's probably the main reason um, there's a few holes that are a little bit tighter I think off the tee but for the most part it's it's not extremely tight or extremely wide it's kind of somewhere in the middle but um, I think it's just your pretty typical you know midwest style golf course that um, you know somewhat tight off the tees with the trees like I said not overly tight but just the greens are, are the biggest defense <clears throat> Now, Olympia Fields, I guess, has a famous dog. Uh, I forget what the dog's name is, but did did you see that dog at all? Do you, do you know? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I do. I don't know what its name is either, but it's a golden retriever. And it's funny you say that. I was actually on nine T. I think the second round, and this dog is so well trained that I think his um, his owner, one of the um, either is a superintendent or someone on the ground crew, 
the dog was on the green and the owner kind of got mad at him that, you know, he wasn't supposed to be on the green and this dog walks over to the fringe and lays down. Like he knows right where the green starts, right where the green ends. Um, and I, I got a little bit of a laugh out of that. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So I, I just looked it up real quick. The dog's name is Trigger. And, okay. and there was that big thing with Bryson about how Bryson came back yeah. to Olympia Fields and reunited with Trigger, only Trigger's only about two years old, so he, yeah. he wasn't alive in 2015. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I just thought that, that was funny, but that's that's pretty awesome that you were able to meet the the dog, the the myth, the legend, Trigger uh, at yeah, Olympia Fields. Well, yeah, it, yeah so, so great, great week for you. Um, you, know, you win the the individual title um, pretty close. I mean, there was a lot of guys in the mix toward the end. So you had a what a one shot lead with one hole left. Kind of take us through that last that last hole. Yeah, um, I was kind of keeping my head down for the most of the day. I remember asking my coach on ten T what what uh, what the leaderboard looked at, and he told me the last time he checked that uh, I was in the lead. And then after that, I actually didn't know till after I had chipped out on 18 I asked him again but anyway on 18 t-box I didn't know exactly where it stood I had no idea what the guys behind me were at um I was playing with Cameron Sisk I knew he was kind of making a charge and actually I messed up his score in my head a little bit I thought I was two up on him going into 18 I was only one is what it turned out to be but anyway on 18 t-box um you know I was one up I missed a drive miles right into the trees on 18. Um, try to take it up over that that tree off the tee box um, on that hole. Pretty tough tee shot, especially for for myself, trying to play a little bit of a fade. So trying to take it up over that tree right off the box and just just ballooned it right into the trees. Um, I had a little bit of a gap. I could have gone over the trees with the wedge, nothing near the green. Probably couldn't get the ball near the green, but the gap and up over, it just didn't look great to me. Um, it was, it had to be perfect shot and I didn't like it. And so just kind of ended up pitching almost, you know, sideways out and had to think I hit it probably 60, 70 yards out in the middle of the fairway. Um, so uh, I watched Cameron Sisk hit his approach shot just a little bit short of the green, uh, his second shot, he hit the fairway off the tee. So it definitely put the pressure on a little bit. That, that was kind of then when I asked my coach, I said, okay, um, where do things stand now? And he said, okay, he said, you're one up on, on this guy right here on Cameron. So, you know, I knew that before going to the shot and I don't even know how to describe that, that shot there in the fairway. I was just trying to put the best swing on it. I could, I was really just trying to give myself a really good realistic chance for, to make a four and, and slip away from, from a bad tee shot and a bad hole. But um, it just, just is how it went and, and it ended up going in and um, the rest of it, I guess, is history, as they say. So just, just put a good motion on the ball and then end up finding the bottom of the hole and a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill probably involved. But um, regardless, I'm just kind of happy that's how, how it played out and, and that's how it went. Now, for those listening, there's a great video, um, and I think it's even set to music now on North Carolina's yeah. Twitter Twitter account. Um, pretty pretty incredible celebration there. I mean, uh, <laughs> Coach, Coach Andrew got some air. I mean, I didn't know he yeah. could jump that high. What, what was that like? Because you didn't seem like you knew that it went in, and then you saw your teammates yeah. behind the green kind of go. Yeah, so kind of funny story. So the the sun was kind of – well, I kind of don't remember exactly where the sun was, but the greens were very firm and pretty fast. And if you've ever kind of seen bent greens, um, you know, when they're firm and fast, they get kind of shiny to an extent. And so with the sun where it was, the green was very shiny from my point of view. So – I saw the ball come down and then 
I seen it bounce once and then I lost the ball. I didn't know where it went. So I was kind of, I was kind of in the middle. Like you can tell I was going back to my bag. I mean, I had no idea. I knew it was on a good line. I knew it was probably going to be close, but I mean, I didn't have any idea I had a chance of even going in. So I was kind of walking back to my bag and like, you know, I'm still watching, still watching. I start hearing the crowd behind the hole get like louder and louder. And I can tell, you know, if you've ever golfed before in front of any crowd, the closer the ball gets to the hole, the louder the crowd gets. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, like this is getting really close, I guess. And then, you know, after uh, it kind of started growing and then it just erupted. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't even see the ball go in, but I just knew that roar and I knew it went in. I, I looked at, you know, I looked at my coach, Steve, and we just, I don't even remember Harley, the video explains it better than I do, but we just kind of jumped and hugged at the same time. And um, you also just threw kinda, your club. Yeah, I know. So I just kind of, you know, did you pick it up? Because it... <laughs> I, I went back later and got it. Okay. Yeah, I was going to because in the video, it looked like you kind of walked off and left it there. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went back and got it. I kind of tossed the club, gave Deebs a high five and or a low five, whatever it was. And um, just, just kind of just embraced him once more after that and just was super excited, super pumped, just a big smile on both of our faces. And, um, but yes, I, I went back and got the seven iron after, uh, after uh, that video ended, <laughs> I didn't leave that one behind. So it, it was a big week for you, but also for the team, back-to-back uh, -back wins now to open the fall. I, I had you guys rank sixth in my preseason rankings. I'm trying, I'm thinking that was a little, a little low yeah. um, or a little high, <laughs> however you want to say it. You probably are, should be ranked, should have been ranked much better. What's the, What's the feeling like right now back home? Um, I mean, is this is this as good as you guys can be? Like, like is this A game, B game? Uh, what are the, you know, what's the vibe right now? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for putting that chip on our shoulder just lightheartedly. I wanted to well, say if, that. <laughs> hey, if, <laughs> but, if being ranked stick puts a chip on your shoulder, I, I mean, I, I can't. Absolutely, can't it does. We are. Right? Uh, you know, we, we as a team, and we don't mean this in a boastful or bragging way whatsoever, but we believe in ourselves, all of us, and believe in our teammates wholeheartedly, and we believe that, that we can be, and, and we are the best team in the country, and, and that's what we work for every day. There's, there's nothing. We're not taking it lightly. We, we're not going to go around acting like we're number one, but we're going we're gonna to show up. We're going to do our homework beforehand, and we're going to play golf, and um, there's a lot of us on, our on this team that um, are very, very competitive and very, very good at at golfing their ball and every single day we're all trying to get a little bit better you know what's what's the little thing that we can learn from from duke even though we won what's the thing we can learn from olympia fields to take forward from us now i think the the best thing about this team is we're a very tight-knit group we have a lot of fun um we feel like family but we're all trying to not only get ourselves better but to better each other and, and better our teammates and i think you know that's kind of starting to show and, and we're building you know something that coach steve has has dreamed of and really put together here in the last few years at Carolina. And um, it's kind of, we're just kind of reaping the, the, the fruits of the labor, I guess, if you will, of, of putting in a lot of hard work lately and, and uh, just showing a lot of belief in ourselves and our team. I, I think, um, you know, like, like the last couple of weeks, uh, you, you can see, I think we can compete with anybody in the country. And that's not to say that, you know, there's maybe not another number one right now, but in our minds, um, we're the best. And, and I think that's how, you know, a lot of teams would, would act if you ask them. I think that's the only way to go. <clears throat> well, you beat ASU by three shots, Oklahoma State by nine, Pepperdine by 20. Um, I had all those teams ahead of you guys. So I think you're <laughs> on to something there. But uh, yeah. yep. so hole out Eagle, um, your first competitive ace. Um, I don't it Was that your first ace ever? Yeah, first one ever. 
so I, I mean, know. how much is that? Pro- probably <laughs> not a, not a ton to work on ball striking wise, I would say. But <laughs> you, you talk so, about wanting to get better. What like where do you get? Where was the, one part of your yeah, game? The, the funniest, the the funniest, or I guess maybe the most ironic thing about this week was. Um, if you watch me play at Duke or you watch me in the practice round Olympia filled with my team, nobody thought I was going to break 80. Um, I kind of fell into this little bit of a rut, you know, not too big, obviously, but just kind of had a bit of a double miss going, wasn't hitting the middle of face. And um, I'm a guy that likes to play a little bit of a fade. And if I miss, I usually miss right. And before this week I had missed, it was, it was one of those left going left misses, you know, kind of the double cross and just couldn't figure it out. So Long story short, I won't bore you, but we, me and my coaches, we sit on the range for probably an hour and a half, two hours Thursday night and said, you know, we're going to figure this thing out. There's no way it's far off. I was just hitting the ball, you know, uh, the best I ever maybe have just about a month ago. Um, so we, we sat there on Thursday night and we got it figured out. And, um, you know, the cool thing is I was able to trans, translate it into the next couple of days in the tournament rounds. And, um, yeah, I guess from the outside looking in, the ball striking definitely doesn't need any help, but um, it, it definitely still does. And, and I'm always trying to get a little bit better. And I'll tell you what, if you were to watch me at Duke, you'd, you'd probably say the exact opposite because um, it, it was uh, it was not very good and very of the opposite at Duke. I was hitting it horrible and um, just found a way to get my ball in the hole to, to scramble around and, and shoot a couple of good scores and, and, you know, finish, you know, um, you know, decent there, I think, in the top 15. So, um it's it was a good week ball striking after after Thursday night I will say that but you know still it could could be better and I'm I'm still going to work at it. Mm-hmm. I I think a lot of people like kind of the aesthetics of of your golf swing. I mean it's 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 a pretty swing. Um, there's another swing on your team, um, maybe not quite as aesthetically pleasing, but definitely has gotten the job done so far, and that's that's Ryan Gerard. I mean he's got a win. Yeah, he was top ten at. Olympia Fields. How would you describe his action, and um, what's what's he doing so so well right now? Because he's, I mean, your your win was great and all, but he's really gone off, you know, gotten off to a great start this fall. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, his action might look a little bit different to the eye, but I, you know, forget who said this first. But swing your swing, you know, that's how he that's how he swings it, and he makes it work. I think he he is by far the best short game player I have ever seen in my life. In, in real life and been around um, just absolutely disgusting around the greens. I mean, he can get the ball up and down from anywhere. Um, he puts it really well. He rolled it just extremely well Duke as far as I heard, um, you know, so his swing might not look the best, but man, it gets the job done. And I don't know, he gets his ball in the hole and usually gets it in faster than a lot of other guys. So I think that's the formula, no matter how it works. I don't think anybody's out there painting pictures. So just, you know, get your ball in the hole and, and um, do it as fast as you can. And, and he does a really, really good job of that, especially when, you know, maybe he gets out of position and then a little bit of trouble, he, he finds a way to get it done and, and get his ball in the hole, like I said. It's a long season, you know, compared to some other sports like football where it's just in the fall or, you know, golf is fall and spring. I mean, you're not going to be done playing until June 1st or 2nd if everything goes right. right. What do you guys do for fun off the course um, just to try to, stay loose or you know what's what's kind of this team's favorite hobby or activity together yeah. that doesn't involve golf ping pong we got ping a pong. we got a ping pong table in our facility this august first time we've ever had one and there have been probably i mean there have been so many games played already we love ping the pong. first ping pong um, table ever the first I know. one i know yeah Ooh. we uh we had to push for that a little bit and we were you know pretty pretty fun we didn't have one yet but um 
we love ping pong. Honestly, we just love being competitive. I think no matter what it is, we, we love being competitive. Ping pong is a good way to do it. Um, we like to go out to dinner as a team a lot, just try and, you know, stay as tight as we can. I, I think at the end of the day, we all just really feel like family and, and, um, it's, it's easy to go to dinner with family, if that makes sense. And, and it's a lot of fun for us and we get a lot of good laughs and, um, it's just fun to be able to do pretty much everything and, and make it a competitive aspect. I mean, whether we're playing ping pong or even actually practicing golf at the facility, um, you know, we're, we're making it a competition and, and I think that, you know, gets the blood flowing a little bit differently and makes everybody better. So, um, that's kind of what I would say. I think we're a really tight knit group. We have a lot of the same personalities, but, at the same time, you know, we have different personalities that are kind of sharpen, sharpening each other and, and making it sure each other are in line and, and um, just bettering, bettering each other, I think is the best way to put it. What was the surprise trip that coach took you guys on? I, it seems yeah. like it's been going on for three years now. Just explain a little bit about yeah. that. So I think it's been going on maybe a hair longer than three years, four or five, I think. Um, but so every August, except for last year, because of COVID, we do what we call the uh, Carolina retreat. And so the way it works is the players have absolutely no idea where we're going. We, we don't know until we pretty much get there. You know, we're all throwing out guesses while we're, while we're on the way. But coach tells us to show up at the facility at whatever time. Um, he said, that's when we're leaving. We have no idea if we're flying or driving. Usually the travel bags will give that away. Um, but it's totally, um, totally, the players know nothing, not nothing whatsoever. The coaches line it up and we usually get to go play a really cool golf course. Or um, two years ago, we got to go to Roaring Gap in the North Carolina mountains and got to do a little bit of everything, fishing, swimming, playing golf, um, just a little bit of everything. And so it just gives us a chance to start off the year kind of as a family and as a, as a team and, and do something that's very fun, you know, not much competition involved and just, go enjoy ourselves and, and enjoy it before kind of school really kicks in and before the season kicks in. Cause we just don't really have a lot of time once all that stuff happens. And um, it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, just being with the guys that we all are really close and stuff like that. And, and um, yeah, but really just answer your question, the coaches pick um, usually are some of our donors here at Carolina are generous enough to have us at, at some, you know, phenomenal courses and host us. And, we just have no idea where we're going until we get there. And it's usually a two, three, or four day trip. And, and then we make the best of it. It's, it's awesome. It's so much fun. Now, how do you know what to pack? I mean, this isn't one of those things where yeah, you guys so again, pack shorts and, and short sleeve shirts and he right. sends you to Ireland, right? Right, exactly. So same thing. Coach sends us a list to pack and he throws like random items in there. Like even if we're going to a beach, he'll throw like, you know, sweatpants, sweatshirt, um, or even if we're going to like, um, New York, like we went this year, he throws in like swim trunks, makes it sound like we're going to somewhere with water, you know, just totally throws us off, but he sends us a list that will have somewhere in there, everything that we need. All right. All right. Um, where was this year's trip? Was it, was it like Shinnecock and yeah. Yeah. So we, so unfortunately we had, we were supposed to play Shinnecock and national golf links, I think is what the name is up yep. there. Um, but Hurricane Henry kind of knocked us out the second day. So we ended up going for two days. Um, the first day when we got there, we got there kind of midday. Uh, we got to go around New York City, toured a little bit, got to go to Times Square, got to have dinner at a phenomenal Italian restaurant there in the middle of Times Square and just kind of got to enjoy that atmosphere. I don't think um, all of us, including myself, have ever had ever been there before then. Um, so that was pretty cool to be able to see for the first time. And then uh, spent the night there in Times Square or, or just down the road and, and then went to uh, Shinnecock the next day and played and then 
Um, actually took a flight home um, after that just to avoid the hurricane there the next day. So um, that's what it looked like this year. We were on uh, Manhattan uh, Island there for a little bit or whatever that's called. And, and then went over to Shinnecock to play the, the second day. Yeah. So you have two more tournaments, I think, for the fall. Um, Blessings yep. Collegiate, which will be next month. That'll be on our air on Golf Channel. Um, yep. Then you guys have a new event, uh, the Williams Cup at Eagle Point, which if people remember was they hosted the 2017 Wells Fargo yeah. when the PGA was at quail. Um, yep. Tell, tell us a little bit about that, that tournament. I mean, yeah. So we're extremely excited, um, you know, for the past several years, as far as I can remember anyway, it's been at our home golf course here at UNC Finley and um, nothing against Finley whatsoever. It's a great track, but it's also a public track and um, you know, to get, it's it's not maybe the best tournament venue um if i'm just you know being blunt about it it's it's okay but it's probably not the best and it doesn't attract a lot of you know great teams to be fair and so um, we were able to pull some strings with some donors and our coach um, especially coach clark matt matt clark he uh pulled a lot of strings this year to make uh, eagle point work that we could host there and um that's a phenomenal golf course we got to go play it this past january for a little bit of qualifying before the spring season uh, this past year and it's it's so good it's so pure it's going to be a really great place to play a tournament um i think it's going to draw a lot more heads i think you know uh, coach williams roy williams kind of sponsoring it or putting his name on there helps us a lot too um he loves golf and you know we see him from time to time on our range and stuff so we've been able to grow you know a little bit closer to him and stuff like that and um but anyway it's, it's going to be a really good event on a really good course and and i think with some better teams and i think it's probably going to even get better and better in the next few years if I had to guess. So um, we're really excited that it's going to, we're going to be able to host down there at Eagle point. And it's, it's a couple hours away from us, but it's pretty much home turf and, and um, it's going to just be a great venue. And, and we are just really looking forward to that. So. What's, what's uh, Roy's golf game like? Have you gotten a chance to, to play with them or hit balls? I, yeah, I've got to talk to Roy a couple of times. Um, he's, he's just a wonderful guy. Everything that uh, you think he is. Um, I haven't got to play with him. I've got to watch him hit balls, and I, I, it looks pretty good. He might be giving me a lesson or two here soon. But um, I think I'm going to – hopefully we get to play here at some point. Um, I'd love to pick his brand out a couple of things and just hang around, you know, arguably one of the best college basketball coaches, if not the best all time. So, um, you know, I, I, I've been around him, got to talk to him some at the range, and, and it's been awesome. And he's just a great guy, answers any question you have. And, and um, on top of that, he's, he's very competitive and loves golf. So – He's out there practicing hard, and his swing looks pretty good to me. I, I try not to get in his way too much, but um, it looks pretty good. Now, the final last month at Oakmont was kind of a matchup between two great college basketball coaches, too, with, yeah. with Roy and uh, Tom Izzo from <laughs> sure. Michigan State. Did I, I know Izzo was in contact with with James Pyatt throughout that week. Did did Roy send you any kind of text yeah, after yeah, or he did. He sure did. Um I, I turned off my phone the last two days, I think. So I ended up actually not getting it um until after the event. But not only was it him, um Coach Williams reached out, Coach Mac Brown reached out. I got a text from him, Coach Shelton, um the field hockey uh, decorated coach. I mean she's won a lot of national championships, reached out um, Aaron Matson on the field hockey team. Um, she reached out to, uh, Will Blumberg reached out big tennis guy here. There was just a bunch of UNC 
um, you know, almost famous names, I guess, if you will, that reached out and really showed some support. So it's really, really cool to be a part of this Tar Heel family. And, and it really does feel like that. It, it feels like a family. And it was really cool to have everybody kind of pulling for me and supporting me and seeing those texts come through with the names that were at the bottom of the text were like, wow, like I would have never dreamed of getting a text from, from these people. So that was really awesome. And yes, you know, Coach Williams and a few others did reach out. <laughs> What's your profile like now on campus? Because it's a big, you know, North Carolina is a big hoop school. I'm sure the basketball yeah. players recognized every, everywhere they go. Have you had any moments where people have stopped you and said, hey, are you the golf guy? Or <laughs> I've had a couple. Um, I wouldn't say a ton. I've had a few. Um, I actually had one of my teammates tell, uh, tell me yesterday that um, someone came up to him and asked, hey, are you Austin Greaser? And he said, no. <laughs> But um, she, or the the person said, "Hey, tell him I seen seen a shot," and that was amazing. So I've had a couple instances, but um, I don't I don't know. Um, I, I don't think I'm I'm in that basketball or football realm yet. But uh, I'm just trying to just do my thing and have fun with it. And and it is pretty cool every now and then to get a congrats from somebody that you know I really don't know or you know they just kind of seen the video or whatever. It's it's really cool. Where's your trophy at right now? Uh, it's at home. My parents were able to make it, um, which is about four hours from, from Olympia Fields in Dayton. So I uh, actually just had them take it home. I didn't, didn't really want to bring it back. The suitcase is already full and I don't really know if I have too much room here for it. I already got a ton of stuff. So it's, it's back home and it's probably, um, probably on the counter somewhere. Mom probably put it on the counter to, to look at it and stuff. So it's, it's home in Ohio. DJ's your favorite player. Um, you know, favorite pro who's your favorite college player to to play with on another team hmm oh man I'm gonna have to give that some thought I don't um <laughs> I don't want to throw anybody under the bus I don't want to put anybody too high on a pedestal without thinking it through um I have a lot of good friends from Ohio that um I've, I've I, we don't necessarily see a lot but um I was friends with them a lot growing up and we compete all the time and Troy Taylor, actually, on Michigan State, uh, Maxwell Moldovan on Ohio State, Jackson Chandler on Ohio State. Um, I mean, I, I was with those boys a lot, and we got pretty close growing up in Ohio. So I'd say, you know, those three are, are pretty cool. Well, we don't really see them a whole lot. But um, outside of that, I mean, there, there's a lot of good guys in college golf. I mean, I really enjoy playing with just about anybody. Um, you know, I, I'm, I don't think I necessarily have many favorites. I mean, I think they, week in and week out, a lot of us see each other um, all the time and every week and it's it's cool to kind of have you know being that click I guess if you will a little bit of of just seeing each other being able to say what's up you know good luck this week and and um, you know hopefully you see them on the last day and hopefully they're in your group I guess um, but I don't know if I necessarily have a necessarily a favorite um, there, there's a lot of good guys in the college golf world and I wouldn't mind playing with any of them really yeah so you said the the thing you missed most about home since being at college was your mom's cooking, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, have, right. have your cooking skills improved at all? Uh, <laughs> um, not really, to be honest. It's about the same. It's a lot of oven meals and microwave meals because I can just put those in there and go do something else and not have to watch them. Um, so I, I think that's, it's, I don't think they've gotten much better and I don't know if they will. I feel like it's kind of hard with the whole you got to make the meal, then you got to eat, then you got to clean up. That takes a lot of yeah. time. And, and, you know, we don't really have a whole lot of time. I, I probably should try and do a little bit better, but um, I guess whatever working right now is working. So I, I think I'm just going to keep rolling with the chicken tenders right now. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably have a pretty decent athletes cafe at school, we, right? No, we don't. So that's oh, the really? thing about Carolina. Yeah. So 
that's kind of a soft spot for us athletes here at Carolina. I don't know if I should say this on air or not, but um, it would be very nice to have um, an athlete cafe and maybe just, even if it was just like two or three meals a week, it would help a ton, but we have a fueling station, which is nice, but you know, you, we, we only get like four points there a day and it's, it's more of like a yogurt and PB and J type thing. It's not like a warm meal or anything like that. So I don't know, maybe I should have said that, maybe not, but maybe this will put it in motion a little bit. No, I mean, <laughs> Hey, it's with, you know, maybe one more successful basketball season this year or next. And uh, yes, maybe <laughs> we can make that, that happen. What's the, what's the best restaurant in uh, Chapel Hill? Hmm. Um, I think um, Top of the Hill is what it's called. It's a really good restaurant. It gives you an awesome experience, too. It's right at the uh, the intersection of Columbia and Franklin. It's like Franklin's our main kind of strip of food and stuff like that. And then Columbia kind of intersects it there. And right there at the intersection, there's um, a place called Top of the Hill. It's a two-deck or it's, it's on the second floor of a building. And you get a cool view out on the Franklin Street and, and stuff like that. So I'd say... That's probably our premier premier restaurant here in here in Chapel Hill. So that's the one if someone comes up for a UNC Duke game. I mean, do, yeah, do you have to you get have like to a reservation there. that week? Probably like yeah. three weeks in advance or something. Or? Yeah, I mean, if maybe more if they even take reservations. But the cool thing about that is is so after the UNC Duke game, if UNC wins, you know, we all as students storm that intersection, Franklin and Columbia, and there's probably. I mean, last year with COVID, there wasn't, but on a normal year, um, you know, there's probably eight or 10,000 kids there in that, in that intersection and, and the restaurant overlooks that intersection. So, you know, there's people up there eating while there's 10,000 kids below them, you know, in that intersection, just kind of, um, you know, just fired up about the win and stuff like that. So it's a really neat atmosphere. And I think it, it gives you a, a look into what Carolina is and, and kind of the history behind it and, and just kind of the excitement around this campus. Do they do that after uh, the golf team wins or? <laughs> Unfortunately, not yet. Um, maybe, maybe if we in, win maybe a national championship. Yeah, maybe in June, but um, we haven't reached that level yet, but um, hopefully maybe someday we will. <laughs> awesome, Austin. Well, hey, I appreciate the time and uh, it was a great chat and, you know, top of the hill. I'll, I'll, I'll mark that down if I ever, yeah. uh, you know, ever get a ticket to like a UNC Duke game or something. That's definitely yep. it's fun. on the bucket list. So. Awesome. Appreciate it. Well, there you have it, Burko. Austin Greaser, heck of a way to finish hole out birdie. Uh, hole in one, first ever hole in one in the same tournament. Have you ever had a, quite a moment like that on the golf course, Burko, where you make a hole in one and you hole out a day later for, for birdie to, I don't know, win a match against a buddy or something? No, no, and no. <laughs> because I know I haven't made an ace. I've probably jarred something at some point from maybe a buck and change, but nothing like that. I, I'm intrigued to watch his progress when guys make a run deep at the U.S. Amateur to the championship match. I'm always interested, that watchful eye, to see what they do on the back end when they head back to college. And if that's any indication, keep an eye on Greaser. Now, on last week's pod, Brentley, you asked me, you threw me right under the bus. Who did I like? And I said, North Carolina. Well, lo and behold, look at the Tar Heels. I'm one for one there. <laughs> yeah, and I was, I was 0 for 1 by a mile. Pepperdine, who, who I picked, T8. Although I, I can't remember actually who I picked. I'll have to go back and listen. But I'm pretty sure I picked Pepperdine, maybe Texas, um, 
Longmore, seventh or tied for eighth. Seventh. Either way, you know, yeah, not good. get the job done. No, not no. good. But we did talk about Stanford. Um, I was very pleased um, by what Conrad Ray's team did in their first event of the season, solo fourth. I don't know if you saw, but that video of Carl Phillips during the first round. Yeah, what did he do? It looked like he dislocated his knee or something on the like 17th hole. ACL. It, I, I, it looked like maybe he had gotten shot in the back of the knee. I, it, it looked bad. And the kid comes out and shoots two over 72. Next day, one over 71 and another one over 71. It looked like he wasn't going to be able to go. And then he guts it out. Um, haven't gotten the chance to catch up with, with, with Carl, but – uh, that that didn't look good, but hopefully everything's fine with them. But yeah, I, uh, Michael Thorpe Bjornsson, no top tens last year, T seven to start his sophomore campaign. So very very great start by uh, by Stanford, and we'll have to see uh, if Carl's okay. And um, you know, if if so, I expect some big things out of that group. And notoriously, Stanford seemingly starts every fall slow and they peak like they did a couple years ago when they won the national championship. Very nice team. I think they only go as far as Phillips and Thor Bjornsson take them, to Agreed. be quite honest. I think it could be potential to be one of the best one-two punches uh, in the country. Arizona State, another good week. They finished second, solid by Oklahoma State, uh, solo third. I know they don't uh, won't be thrilled with that. So I think those are some of the positives we take away from that event. How about David Pooge? Didn't even qualify for uh, the event at Merido, played as an individual at Maui Gym, a tie for third there, back in the lineup, tied for second. I can't see that guy not playing the rest of the way for Matt Thurman. Oh, there's there's absolutely no question. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do another eight-hole scorcher qualifier again, but you're right. All, all signs point to David Pooge being in the lineup for the remainder of the season. I think ASU might have two of the favorites for the the player of the year the haskins award the nicholas award because cameron sisk t2 as well with Pooch. they both have a couple top threes sisk of course wins at merido um ryan gerard's another guy from north carolina who's got a win in it in another top 10 so we've seen some some early player of the year candidates and a lot of them were, were in action uh this past weekend those were the positives what are you taking away on the flip side of things of oh goodness not what i was looking for I, I was very concerned with what I saw out of Pepperdine, specifically William Mao. I think both of us agreed that this was a big tournament for him just because he didn't quite have the season that many expected him to have a year ago. Surprisingly, he was honorable mention All-American, but just didn't do what people anticipated after that brilliant freshman year where he almost won the Phil Mickelson Award. Um, 19 over is not going to cut it. Um, he was T75. Pepperdine finishes 20 shots out of first. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to sound sound the alarm. I know that there were some question marks for them early on in the spring this past season, and they ended up winning it all. Um, but certainly Michael Beard and, and company aren't going to be very happy. But the good news is there's a lot of golf left, and I'm still sticking with them. I'm not I'm not giving up on them after one tournament. They're they're my NCAA pick to go back to back, and um, I think it would it, it would it would be very weak of me to 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 jump off so soon. Yeah, what don't bail on them now. Yeah, don't. <laughs> you know, Texas. We talked about it after Merido, the way the manner in which they lost. You thought they were going to bounce back. 
I didn't know what to expect. And it's just sort of middle of the road, a seventh place showing 16 shots off the pace for a team on paper. We know they don't play it on paper, but the resume show, there is a ton of talent there. Cole Hammer leading the way tied for seventh. I was hopeful if you're a Texas Longhorn fan, okay, we gave one away coming down the stretch. Let's go to Olympia Fields. Uh, and get in the mix. And, and quite honestly, they just weren't there. They were sort of always on that outside looking at. Yeah, I, I think this is just a, a product of maybe too much golf and such a short period of time. I, I think what people or a lot of people might realize but may not think much about is the fact that these are college kids. You know, they a lot of them are in, I know at least one of them's in the business school. Um, they've missed a lot of time. They had some tests um, during the Olympia Fields event. So there's a lot of other stuff going on. And, um, you know, it, it's a lot easier to play golf, I think, as we get closer to the postseason because final exams finish a little bit early um, for most of these schools. They can really focus on regionals, really focus on the NCAA championship. But right now, you know, you're starting, you're just starting class. You're, you're getting into that stretch run where you're getting into your first midterms for that first semester. And there's just a lot going on. So I, I think that had some, something to do with it. And again, not, not sounding the alarm on Pepperdine, not sounding the alarm on Texas, but it's just something to think about. Cause you know, I think we expect these teams with as much talent that, it, you know, that they have to go out and win every single time. And, you know, I think, you know, you should always strive for, for success, but, um, you know, just maybe trying to explain maybe why they didn't play quite as well. You're right. They are, uh, student athletes and it's just not golf, but, uh, that's just our digestion, if you will, of what happened at Olympia fields talked about Cole hammer leading the way for Texas. We segue over to the velocity global rankings that came out earlier on this Wednesday and some movement Cole hammer now inside that top five at fifth, it gives you, you a sense of strong fields, strong resumes over two years, what a top 10 can do. Cameron Sis two weeks ago is 55th. He goes win, tie for second. He's all the way up to 20th. Chris Goderup, who was a flyer name that I said to keep an eye on, he went from 60th to 44th after uh, a runner-up showing at Meridale. So uh, it's intriguing to see, and I think you touched on it last week, Brentley, you can go from 60 to 40 and 40 to 20 rather easily, but to go from 15 to eight or nine to four, you're going to really have to do something special. Yeah. I was really surprised seeing Alex Fitzpatrick drop three spots, you know, he goes from fourth to seventh. So maybe, maybe it's a lot easier than we think. Cause that, that, that first, first rendition of this last year, uh, last season, um, I, I think with, with COVID, um, you know, there, I think there was a lot more adding that extra semester in. I think it may have, um, you know, made moving into the top five a little bit out of reach for some of these guys. But so far, it, it, it looks like it's going to be a battle. And uh, I, I do anticipate us getting to the postseason and, and really seeing those five spots up for grabs. I mean, you're not going to have a runaway like John Pock last year, and we're not going to have a situation where – you know, Quade Cummins has to do something super special against Garrett Reban. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, we find out he can't move in. So I, I think we're going to see um, this thing really be a cool storyline to watch. And um, interesting enough, we talk about Cole Hammer moving into the top five. I had a chance to speak with him earlier today. And just, 
um, talk about his, his new putter. You, you spoke with him last week. Um, you know, we, we reported it quite extensively uh, during the Merido broadcast. Um, he, he's using a broomstick putter now. That was uh, something that was very, um, you know, very much influenced by his relationship with Stuart Hegestead, the great mid, uh, mid-amateur, three-time Walker Cupper on two teams with Cole. And we saw at Greyhawk a couple four putts. Uh, Cole tries the arm lock. That doesn't really work. It gets progressively worse throughout the summer. So last last resort goes to goes to the broomstick and uh, talking with Cole it's really just a chance to kind of relearn how to putt when when all else fails try to try something that has a little bit different of a motor skill try to get some confidence do something that you haven't done before Um, so it it was really cool to see these last two events see him putt well he made some big putts down the stretch at Merido he did three putt his last hole um, finished bogey double uh, to almost drop out of the top 10 at Olympia Fields. But um, he's, he's really confident with it. He's getting more and more comfortable carrying that long putter around. I think it's 44 inches, so not quite the longest club in his bag. But um, he's going to keep it in the bag. He's going to use it as uh, use it at Colonial next month, their next event, and we'll see where it goes from there. I don't think it, this is a long-term thing, but you never know. Uh, Stuart Haggis said tries it out, and it ends up being – something that really works for him and you know half a decade half a decade six seven years later he's still winning with it so um, that's something to watch but you know good on Cole Um, it it stinks seeing great players strike it so well and get on the greens and look like myself out there so um, very very encouraged I know he's encouraged so that's something that we can keep an eye on and uh, we'll see how it pans out I'm always concerned not Cole specific but when kids and their kids that they're they're going to the magic wand they're doing the arm lock it's when you're when you're reaching and searching that early godspeed i I hope it works out we love cole and it's just not him we're just talking about him at this moment we see it so often so as you said making progress what's that why why burka you know we see it a lot in in college golf these days there's so many great ball strikers but so many kids struggle with their putters you've been you've been around this game a long time why why do you think that is you know that that we don't see quite as many great putters anymore because i don't think these kids work on their short game as much Mm -hmm. whether it's on you know on the putting green or around the you know uh practice and chipping area i i think uh they love the long ball and that's I think technology, Brentley, has taken to a point. What do my numbers say on track, man? Where's my yeah. ball speed? Where's my apex? What That didn't exist 20 years ago. You went to the range, you hit balls, you figured it out, you went and played. Now I think there's so much detail in every little thing you do from driver to wedge that very little of that has an effect on your, on your putting. Well, Hey, let's go putt for 30 minutes. Let's go figure it out. I'm not saying that's the case for Cole or others. I think technology has done so many good things for the game, but I think they get so absorbed in what are the numbers saying? What, you know, what, where's my spin rate? Oh my gosh, I got to get a driver with less spin. People ask you, people ask me, how do you get better? Go grab two balls and a putter and get lost for an hour. Go figure out how to get it in the hole. But could it be that greens are faster now though? And it may just be more difficult to putt. And 
maybe slightly, but from my time in college, 20 plus years ago to now, I mean, they're not that much more difficult. I honestly, I just don't think the time is put in to that part of the game. Yeah. But you know what? We can have a whole nother conversation on that. <laughs> Table uh, it. Uh, Table for another, it for pod. another podcast. Yeah. Great job with Austin Greaser. Hope everyone enjoyed it. It is Ryder Cup week. Enjoy that as well. Bear in mind that the bulk of these kids on both sides played college golf. It starts somewhere. That's why we do college golf talk. And we'll be back again next week. Take care. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.